0: Hey there, get ready now for Insights from Soup on the Church at Sardis. Blessings upon my brother and sister, and greetings. This is Superintendent Janice Battersby of Shekinah Worship International Ministries, Shekinah Worship Center, Bermuda, where our pastor is Reverend Dr. Maria A. Seaman, and I greet you in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For one more segment of Insights with Soup, and that's me, superintendent of the Sunday School at Shekinah Worship Center. However, we've also been wonderfully enjoying a study in the book of Revelation with the teachings by Re- with the teachings by Dr. David Jeremiah called Escape the coming night. And what a fantastic study this has been so far. We've been conducting this study since the beginning of the year, and we meet every Thursday night by Zoom going through this book of Revelation, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. And I've just been sharing kind of a broad brush overview of each of our studies. We've been so far studying up to the third chapter in the book of Revelation. We've been studying about John the disciple who received the vision while he was in prison on the Isle of Patmos because he was preaching about Jesus Christ. He received a vision from God and he was told to write it down and to share it and that's where we get the book of Revelation from. We see it as a book where John was writing letters to seven churches in Asia Minor back in his day, trying to encourage them to stay focused. See, he had helped to start these churches after Jesus ascended into heaven and left the earth. They were starting churches and teaching about Christ, the gospel, the good news about Christ. And they were starting these little churches, but they did fine while the disciples and the apostles were there. But when they left, they started to kind of fall off on what they had believed. And so John, amongst others, had to write letters to keep them encouraged. So God gave John a vision to these churches and for the end times. And they were letters of encouragement and letters of warning. There were seven churches in Asia Minor that John wrote to after he received this vision of Christ. And that's what we read about in the first chapter of Revelation, John's vision of Jesus and what a vision it was. If we saw what John saw, we would have such a reverence for Jesus that you just don't see much anymore. For lack of knowledge, people are destroyed because they don't know. They don't know whose name they take in vain. They don't understand. Therefore, they have very little respect. But once you read with understanding who Jesus is in all his glory, not as a babe in a manger, not as a savior on a cross, but the king and the judge of all the earth. My, what a difference it makes. And so that's what we've been studying. We've studied the seven churches of the Asia Minor. We studied about Ephesus, the church in Smyrna, the church in Pergamos, and the church in Thyatira. And we learned about the characteristics about each one of these churches. There were some good things and not so good things. And the Lord addresses them. And we learn that the same way that these churches were examined, God is going to examine us. Jesus is going to examine us. One of the visions was that he had eyes like fire and fire destroys everything. It penetrates everything. And Jesus one day is going to judge Christians with his fiery eyes to examine our works that we do on earth and our thoughts and our motivations. Why we do the things that we do for him so we've grown up to understand that there's judgment for sinners there's also judgment for believers judgment and reward we're going to be rewarded with the works that we do on this earth we're going to be rewarded for those works after our works pass through the judgment so you want to make sure that whatever you're doing for the lord you're doing with a clean hands and a pure heart so that when they are examined by the fiery eyes of Jesus, they will withstand and stand. So we wanna take a quick look at this church called Sardis, which is church number five on the list of the seven churches that John wrote through. We're actually in the third chapter of the book of Revelation. That's where we find this church. Now, unfortunately, the title given to this church is a title no church ever wants it's called the dead church now if you know what an oxymoron is it's putting two words together that mean the total opposite like a loud silence well dead church doesn't make sense a church should never be dead the church is the body of christ the body of christ isn't dead but this church, the Lord says, is dead. So our reference, scripture reference, is Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And I'm just going to, again, give a brief overview of what we learned in our lesson. The city of Sardis was found in the Ptolemus Mountains. And they were up high, and they were surrounded. They were surrounded by sheer mountain cliffs and high walls. This city was well protected. On three sides, it was protected like this. And then on the fourth side, it was protected by an isthmus, which is a small narrow strip of land that's, that is surrounded by a sea on either side. There's a narrow strip. And so anyone who could try to attack That's the only path that they could take. And of course, if you're up high and you're looking down on this, you can repel anybody that's trying to attack you. So the citizens of this city thought that they were quite safe. And the ruler was named Croesus. And Croesus decided to fight against Cyrus, king of Persia. Although he attacked Cyrus, Cyrus repelled him. And Croesus retreated back to Sardis way up high on the mountain and Cyrus stayed at the bottom and for weeks just assaulted this city trying to find a way to defeat Croesus. Well, one day one of, the, one of Cyrus's soldiers saw one of Croesus' soldiers up on the top of the wall of Sardis and he, his helmet dropped right down to the bottom and the soldier at the top of the hill actually climbed down through a crack in the wall, retrieved his helmet, and climbed back up. And so that night, this soldier, whose name was Herodias, came with his army, and they climbed up through the crack in this wall, found out that the people in Sardis didn't even have a night watch. They were so confident in their security that they didn't even bother to have anyone watching for an attack. Well, I guess you can gather what happened. They were overrun by the enemy and destroyed. They were so overconfident in their own security that they didn't even realize that there were cracks in the wall. And such was the description of the church at Sardis. Now, the church at Sardis had some famous people that came out of it. One was King Xerxes, who, if you read your scriptures, was the one who Queen Esther married. Well, the Lord said to the city of Sardis, and if you recall, when you read the first chapter of the book of Revelation, Jesus is identified in different ways. And Each one of those attributes that he is given, he uses to address each one of the churches in the book of Revelation. And to the church at Sardis, he says, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Now, we have come to learn the seven stars mean the angels or the pastors of the seven churches it was the lord's way of showing his authority uh, over this church that he had the leaders in the palm of his hand he spoke to this particular church in a very sharp way he was not pleased with their behavior in fact he says i know your works that you have a name that you live but you're actually dead this is what he said to the church. Draw the comparison. That's one other thing that we have done is we have examined these churches in their historical content. And also we have identified not only modern churches, but even ourselves and people. These same characteristics that we see in these churches in the past, we see in ourselves and in other people of the churches of modern day. This church thought they were alive, but the Lord says they're actually dead. Now, if you recall, and if you go back and you listen to our teachings on the other churches for the church at Smyrna, who suffered for righteousness sakes, the Lord had nothing but words of praise. For the churches of Ephesus, Pergamos, and Thyatira, he had some words of praise, but he also had words of condemnation. This church, Sardis, he had nothing good to say about this church, but funnily enough, this was the church with the greatest reputation as far as man was concerned, but as far as God was concerned... No good reputation at all. And we need to take special care of that. What the world may value as valuable, the Lord sees as abominable. And we were told that in the last days, man would call good evil and evil good. And we see that happening now. We don't want the Lord to say that about us. They had an outward profession Of being godly, but on the inside, this church at Sardis was not good. In fact, the word that uh, Dr. Jeremiah brought up was nominal Christians, that they were Christians in name only. They still adopted some of the pagan beliefs and served other gods. They were not doing the will of God, and yet they thought that they were a lively church but they were not and again the Lord says that I know that you have a name that you think that you live but you're actually dead and Dr. Jeremiah brought to us Isaiah 29:13, which says this people draw near to me with their mouth and with their lips they do honor me but they have removed their heart far from me that there are times when we can be in church and singing the songs and going through the motions, but in actual fact, our heart is not there. Even Jesus told the Pharisees that they were hypocrites, that everything that they do was for show. But inside, they were like cleaned up graves. White on the outside, but inside, dead man's bones. And come on, let's be real. We know of lots of churches that are like that. They go through the motions. They seem to have a power. They seem to have a godliness, but they lack the power thereof. A form of godliness, but they lack the power thereof. And that was what this church at Sardis was like. A form of religion, but they had nothing. Their hearts were not there for God. And so the Lord spoke to them about themselves. He said that their works were incomplete. It was like they, they started off with a, a fervor, with a, an enthusiasm, but then they lost it. And the Lord was encouraging them to get their works back, to make them complete for him. Now remember, these, these were relatively young churches. And you know what it's like. We, You know what it's like when you became a Christian, for those of you that did. Your, your excitement, your, your fervor, your zeal. Do you still have that? And this is what we're supposed to do with these churches, is to examine ourselves. Are we in that same position? Did we start off great? Did we start off on fire for the Lord and then we just lost it? scary part is when you lose it and you don't know that you've lost it, when the Holy Spirit is no longer working. So God had some words to say to them. He told them to be vigilant, to be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. Wake up. Take a look. Be honest with yourselves. Are you really the people that you think that you are? Are we really serving the lord the way we say that we are Dr. Jeremiah asks this question how does a church die? It doesn't die from without. It doesn't die when it's attacked. In fact, when we get attacked as Christians, we come together. It's from within that we have to watch, just like that crack in the wall. We've got to check ourselves to make sure that there's no crack in our church, in ourselves. Examine ourselves. He told the church to become vigorous, that there were some in the church, just a remnant in that church at Sardis, who still had a fire for the Lord. And he was encouraging them to strengthen themselves to become vigorous for the Lord again, to get back into the word, to ignite that fire. Sometimes we let our programs push the word out of the picture, and it's all about the programs. Sometimes we need to get back to the word. You know, like that song, take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Sometimes we've gotta go back there. And just remember what it was like. Sometimes we get so bogged down by the earthly expectations of a Christian life. Sometimes we just got to get back one-on-one with the Lord, lay ourselves at his feet and say, what is it that you would have me to do? He told them to become victorious, this church at Sardis, to remember what they had received and heard and held fast and repent Maybe they had forgotten. Remember, John had left Sardis. Maybe they were discouraged, but they had to get victorious again. They'd had to remember those things that they had received, that they had heard, that they had grasped and hold to them with all of their might. Look at us now today with coronavirus and all that has taken place over this past year, year and getting up to a year and a half. People have become discouraged. Maybe they've forgotten how good God is. Have you forgotten how good God is? It's time to get back. Open your word. Go back and remember. See the Lord as he truly is. How does death happen in a church? How does death happen, period? Death is a separation of the spirit from the body, right? Same thing in a church. Sometimes a church can be operating programs here, programs there, and the Holy Spirit is not there. That's a dead man walking. That's a dead church walking. And that was the situation that the church at Sardis was in. They had to become vibrant. They had to hold fast to that doctrine, sound doctrine, good teaching, That's what we aim for at Shekinah Worship Center. It's about the Word, it's about the Bible. We try to get our congregation to read the Bible in context, in chronological order, with understanding. And I can't tell you what a revelation, pun intended, happens when you read the Word and you understand the story. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. I really encourage you. If you haven't read your Bible in a good long while, give us a call and we'll show you how. It's an amazing adventure. You will not regret it. This is what Sardis had to do. They had to hold on to that which they had heard and received. And somewhere along the line, they had let it go. And they needed to get back to it. And I know there's a lot of you out there that feel the same way. I have to get back to reading. I have to get back to prayer. I have to get back to to doing what God would have me to do. Then do it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> don't be called a dead walking Christian. You don't want you don't want to be like that. You don't want the Lord telling you that. Where the word of God is taught, where it is faithfully preached, death comes hard and we're talking spiritual death that's not a death that you want become virtuous repent turn back from those things that you have done don't let the enemy think that because you've sinned god will not receive you back for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Repent. Repent means don't do a 360, do a 180. Turn away from that way that you were going and go back to the Lord. Repent with your heart. When he knows that in your heart, he will forgive you of your sins. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't believe the lie. Become virtuous again. No matter what you've done, you can become virtuous through the blood of Jesus. Repent. God wants us to be clean. And we can be clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a paradox? The blood can make us clean. Jesus' blood can make us clean. You get blood on on anything white and it's pretty much done. But the blood of Jesus will wash you your sins away, so that you are whiter than snow. Believe it, become what God intends for you to become. You're an overcomer, no matter what, no matter what you have done in your life, through Jesus, you are an overcomer. And when you become an overcomer, he'll clothe you in white, your name will be written in the book of life, and Jesus will confess you before his Father. Jesus sits on the right hand of God, interceding on your behalf. So don't stay in a dead state. You want your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, Samson was blessed by God. And many of us know that story. Samson was the strongest man in the Bible. He was blessed by the Lord, but he was told that he had to stay away from certain things, including foreign women, and he got involved with Delilah. And as the story goes, Delilah cut his hair, which was a symbol of his strength. And he got up and thought he could fight off the enemy after his hair had been cut. He said, I'll go out as before, not realizing that his strength had left him because the Spirit of God had left him, because he had compromised his standards, the standards of God. We don't want to be going out and trying to do God's will and not realizing that the Holy Spirit is no longer with us. We want Him with us at all times. And how do we do that? By turning back to the Lord. Hearing his voice, doing his will. That's how we want to not be a Sardis. So as you go through life and your daily walks and your interactions, ask yourself, am I a Sardis? Am I around Sardis people? Is what we're doing really alive? Or are we not aware of our spiritual condition? Are we not aware that we have cracks in the wall that need to be repaired? Are we gonna let the enemy in and we're not even realizing it? This is self-examination. This is where we wanna make sure that we are one-on-one with the Lord. And the only way you can do that is by staying in his word, by being washed by the blood of Jesus by being in prayer, in communication with Him. And then you'll know that you are alive by His Holy Spirit. Let your testimonies be current. Don't go back to last week or last year as your testimony. If that is what you're doing, then you've gotta examine, am I really alive or am I relying on the old stuff? Don't build monuments around your past victories. Have some new ones. Do the will of God and watch your testimonies become alive once again, alive and active. Live a careful Christian walk. Examine yourself. And I put myself in that position as well. We must examine ourselves as Christians and be aware of our spiritual condition. Don't become insensitive to your spiritual condition. Don't become numb, like our nerve endings, the nerve endings of a diabetic. They no longer feel pain. They don't know that there's something wrong in their extremities until it's too late. And then they have to have amputations. Don't become an amputee, a spiritual amputee. Stay sensitive to God's word. Don't get all caught up in the the work of the church that you don't realize that the Holy Spirit has left you. Don't become a Sardis. So that was pretty much what we studied and it was quite sobering, I must say, a lot of self-examination. So I give this invitation to you. If you wanna learn more about our studies, please contact us. Send us an email at swim at logic dot bm. We'd be so happy to share with you what we've learned, invite you to be a part of it. It's not an easy study, but it's definitely worth it. So thanks for joining me and spending some time and listening and hearing about the church at Sardis. And we'll see you next time. Blessings abound.